yeah, I definitely just the 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 way to go is I just have to turn my speakers off, so I don't hear you. Yeah, that was a lot more consistent this time. Thanks, man. I've been really trying. I I've been saying it to myself in the bathroom mirror. <laughs> How are you, man? Great. Do you have time for a message about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Wow, man. I am a member of your church, and I am uncomfortable. <laughs> Hey, I told you I had an idea how to start this episode. I didn't say it was a good one. No, have you watched any videos from Knowing Better, the uh-uh. YouTube channel? <clears throat> nope. That like gave me like a flashback to like his style of doing things. I would recommend that that channel. You and I were having a private conversation about unbiased news, mm-hmm. and he does a very good job of both making it obvious what his opinion is, but still taking a fully unbiased approach and giving all sides to historical stuff, albeit, but stuff nonetheless. Hmm. So knowing better, knowing better. Yep. Brian, I, I guess that I do have time. <laughs> Good. Cause that's what we be talking about today, but not just, just clear, we're not, uh, yeah, not we're just not proselyting. Our, no, 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 not just from our own perspective. I don't know. I mean, it is from our perspective. Not just our beliefs, though. We're not just talking about our beliefs. So, yes, we're not proselyting. There's a difference between religious studies and theology. While both Jordan and I could be considered theologians of our church, uh, this episode will hopefully lean a little more towards the religious studies side, where... We seek understanding, not faith. Does that make sense? I guess I could define yeah, sorry, both just... of those terms. So theology is... Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. You said theologians, and I've been looking... I didn't hear the rest of what you said, because I've been looking up what that word means. <laughs> so theology is the study of a religious practice from within, so to speak. A, a member of a church or denomination will study their own church academically and that's theology religious studies is from outside of the organization so you and i belong to the same church so if we studied jewish traditions that would be a religious studies endeavor but if we were looking at our own church in a logical standpoint Mm -hmm. that would be Practicing theologicismism. Close, yep. Yep. Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) It's a great show. Yes. Back when I had Netflix, we watched that a lot. So what is our faith? There's a song about it. Okay. I think there's a couple. You know this song. I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's so hard for me to say that without singing it. Because we sing it so much in primary. I think you, I have no memory. I cannot form it in the way of the song. Whoa. Yeah. That's, that's weird. There's a lot. There was a time, like I was really commended for large portions of my life for my memory. <laughs> and I don't know what happened about four years ago, but it, but that no longer happens. Shoot. Yes. Uh, I think everything before, I think every, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember many things. Uh, just so everybody, all the listeners are clear, he's drinking out of a red solo cup right now. So uh, maybe as that I'm has saying this, to do with yes, 
I do remember how to sing Red Solo Cup, though. That's a great song. I don't know that song. That's a it's a great song. Mm. Will you uh, will you entertain me with like how how the little vocals would go for? I will not. Okay, well, just look it up. It's on YouTube. Right. I'm sure of it. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure there's a couple parodies of it as well. Probably. Yeah. So you guys, I'm sure everybody who's listening has heard of the Mormons. Mormon was a great guy, but uh, that's never been the name of our church. That's, I've actually had that conversation a lot recently. Yeah. Just like I can think of like three times in the last week. It's strange. It just keeps coming up. I don't know, man. But yeah, you're uh, if you're thinking about the Mormons, you're thinking of the right church. It's just that's just not the name of the church that we belong to. Yes, Mormons, LDS, Church of Jesus Christ, Latter Day Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in news these days, the second reference. I think is allowed to say the restored church of Christ. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. bunch of different names. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and I, it's, it's, I struggle with that. I, I just, I wish we could just say Mormon still, but they've asked us to get away from that name because it's, I guess it's associated with cultism for some reason, something about lizard people from the moon. And I don't know. I think I'm just lazy and I just have a hard time include like i'm a lot of times if i'm saying the full name of the church i'm tripling the length of my sentence yeah and so i think i'm just a lazy guy yeah that's that's me too but that is our organized religion yep that's our background both of us grew up in that church so it's a fairly big part of yeah fairly big part of our childhood and our rearing i I remember a and this might, you know, be significant later on, but I was in the car. The buddy, my my mom was taking us somewhere. Our ward in in our church, our local congregation of people, mm-hmm. the boundaries of the neighborhood had just changed. Uh-huh. And in my eight year old brain, I asked my buddy who lives on the other side of town and is not a member of the church. I'm like, hey, how do you feel about these boundary changes? <laughs> nice because i just you grew up and and all most of the social stuff was around other members of the other members of the church mm-hmm. and so he's he's like looked at me he's like bro i i don't know i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> and then my mom had to explain to me that for one thing not the entire world doesn't go to our single congregation so even members wouldn't really care but yeah yeah, just one of those child childlike lessons. But anyway, enough about our church. Let's get a little, uh, maybe not blasphemous, but let's get a little sketchy, shall we? Let's go off the deep end a little bit. Yeah, let's. So, uh, Jordan. Yeah. This is a trick question, and I think you're going to catch the trick, but uh, can you define God? Um, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Give it a shot, anyway. <sighs> well... The churchy answer, by the way, I'm foretelling that for both of us, we might get some phone calls after this episode releases. I look forward to it. The churchy, the churchy answer from our church would be, um, I don't know, like a per, <laughs> if I get this, if I get this one wrong, then, <laughs> um, a perfect entity made of flesh and blood and bone. Yeah. Perfect entity and made of flesh and bone. Yeah. 
all knowing, omnipotent. Mm-hmm. All of those, all of those words. All the omnis. All the omnis. Yep. Yeah. What about omnipresent? Yep. I would say omnipresent is the would be our churches would be included in our churches definition. Mm-hmm. See, that one was weird to me. I didn't hear that one uh, until like two years ago. That yeah. God is God is everywhere. I had never heard that yeah. from like a Christian perspective. I that seems way more. Uh, Eastern, like Buddhist to me. Well, and I think in our church, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is like God is everywhere in the aspect that the Holy Ghost is of the same mind as God, and the Holy Ghost is everywhere. Okay, so who's the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost, the churchy answer is that the Holy Ghost is a separate entity, not a flesh and bone flesh and blood and bone i can't remember i know i know the flesh i can't remember what the other word is used uh, it's bone but it's okay flesh and bone mm-hmm. blood's what makes us mortal it's what kills us okay that's uh sad um <laughs> separate entity of the same mind like i said of god so like a hive mind yes yes not really? i mean so like one uh, brain, to think, two not, people. No, yeah, well, I don't like to think about it in the way of like you know, as if I were you know the the Destiny Two version of a hive mind. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's not do that. in the way that like to our mortal brains, that's what it would seem like. I think I think in reality, it's just like they are in agreement and they have the same goals. And the same intentions. Gotcha, gotcha. But their harmony is just at a level that we okay can, we don't really achieve. Yeah, here on Earth. Right, right. So okay, that I think that clears it up. So two separate, distinct minds that are in such harmony as to appear singular to us mere mortals. Yes, gotcha. and. And there are many, you know, this is immediately where we've already gone down like one very specific avenue where there have been hundreds of branches mm-hmm. that are different religious religious uh, beliefs on the matter. There mm-hmm. are obviously different, like God is a, is a different entity than what we, what we think of it as for different, different folks you mentioned, like Buddha. Mm-hmm. Even some like, is, are there, is, um, is it still a Christian belief if, the belief is that there are like the Holy Trinity is all one being. Yeah. The, or is that something different? That's still Christian. Yeah. That's, that's laid out in the Nicene creed. Okay. Which is one of the most baffling and convoluted texts that I've ever re- read. <laughs> it's, I mean, I get, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to, they're trying to measure infinity basically yeah in the english language or in latin or whatever it was written in i don't know i I don't actually know what language it was written in originally (laughs) so i mean i get why it's so confusing but i mean i feel like they could have tried a little harder to make it less aneurysm inducing to read yeah and Um, what is it called the nicene creed yeah the nicene Creed? creed um in one of the uh, 
medieval, pre-medieval, like, conferences of all of the Christians in all of Europe got together. From all the different sects and denominations, they got together and they were they were tired of their followers arguing over which which teaching was right because there was so much contradiction between all the different preachers and priests and pastors and whatever. This isn't when they like went and selected which like texts would be in the Bible, would they? It's uh, yeah, around the same time, yeah. So there was okay. there were a number of I think there was uh, I can't remember. I think there was two, maybe three like big like conferences where everybody got together, they decided which teachings were right, what would be in the Bible. Um, one of them took place in Nicaea, and the big takeaway from that get-together was the, was the Nicene Creed, where they, they defined the, the canon Christian belief of God. And it's, uh, it's essentially that God is everywhere and nowhere, and God the Father is Jesus Christ and also the Holy Spirit all at the same time and none at the same time. And it's, I think it's, I cannot understand it at all. I just, it, <laughs> I don't, I don't even attempt that. I don't even bring that in to my own personal beliefs. It's just too much. It's too much for me. Yeah. The first time somebody talked to me about, I think it was, uh, I think it was Lynn Clark. Um, great woman. Uh, was the first to mention to me that basically that there was a meeting and there were a bunch of other texts and they just chose which texts would be in the Bible. Yep. And I was like, mm, interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's a little sketch, right? But I mean, I mean, you got to think that the majority of the people there were just they were doing their best, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, they were they were just there was a bunch of people there trying to align all of their beliefs and that's really hard to do turns out yeah. so we have yeah we have the bible and it's the it's the best that we have but what an amazing what an amazing book the bible uh it is amazing have you read any other like religious like any other major texts from any other major religion uh, i've read excerpts of the bhagavad gita uh from hinduism i've read excerpts of the Quran from Islam and uh, oh shoot, what's uh, crap, 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 crap. What's the the Jewish version of the Old Testament? What is that? The Tanaka. Oh, the Torah. The yeah, Torah. Torah Tanaka. Yeah. Oh yes, the the uh, the Torah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it's basically almost. Uh, I'm not going to say word for word. It's it's almost a one-to-one -one with the King James Old Testament, the Torah. So, oh, gotcha. Okay. So as far as as far as that goes, I always found that interesting that like I remember asking my dad at a very very young age like Jesus was a Jew, right? So like why aren't so why is the Jewish church still here? Like why why are they still a thing when Jesus already came and now it's so, like, I just, I always found it interesting that, that we believe so much of what the Jewish uh, faith believes. And also, Islam, the Islamic faith, is, uh, is 
immensely parallel to our own beliefs. Yeah. Um, and it all goes back to Abraham. The So we have the three Abrahamic religions um, where Abraham had some kids, Ishmael and Isaac. Sure. Mm. Sounds right. Crap. I never claimed to be. I'm I never claimed to be good. I'm not a Yeah. Crap. I don't know. I'm a bad Mormon. So Abraham has two sons. The one son gets kicked out or something, and but but doesn't like uh, stop believing in God, and so he just kind of does his own thing, and that becomes Islam. That becomes the Islamic religion. And then the other one, the other son, doesn't get kicked out of Abraham's camp, and so he just kind of continues on Abraham's traditions, and that becomes Judaism. Jesus Christ comes, does his thing, does some really cool stuff, and then Christianity comes out of Judaism as well. So that's cool. Uh, why was I talking about that, Jordan? I think, I mean, I think in general we're, we're kind of bringing up just, it's just interesting to me, like, the man-made, maybe, you know, in a lot of aspects, hopefully spiritually inspired, but possibly sometimes not works and meetings and all this stuff, all this stuff done in history uh, amongst different or uh, amongst different religions mm-hmm. that has brought us to where we are today. Yep. So these are all putting us where we, where we are, where we have these, these major religions. And I mean, for the most part, it's it, my, my religion works for me. Otherwise I would have made a different choice at some point. I would hope so. That's the nature of it. Yeah. But the experience has been far from perfect. Have there been any, have you experienced any uh, frustrations or less than complete satisfaction? Never with the gospel. The gospel has only ever filled me with hope and, uh, and for lack of a better word, light. What I mean by that is the teachings of the church, which primarily come from the scriptures, uh, and we have we have other scriptures besides the Bible. Part of where the nickname Mormon comes from is from the the book the the book called the Book of Mormon. We also have other other uh, officially canonized texts um, that that have actually been written in modern times that we call the standard works. Um, so most of our teachings come from those books and from church leadership who we believe continue to receive revelation from God. But all of that stuff, so there's a lot of stuff, right? There's a lot of teachings. There's a lot of talks and lectures and books and magazines. And there's just all of the stuff, right? All of the, the pure teachings are only good. And they only bring good to not only to me but everybody that that I know the pure word the word uh, is only good and uplifting but but <laughs> <laughs> um yes i have had tension with uh, components of a of an organized religion on earth that's an interesting way to say it it was very painful to get out (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, some people suck. I'm just gonna say that. Like, <laughs> there, there you go. People there su- we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the teachings. Not even my church. Just like forget about my religion. Truth is awesome, and there's truth everywhere. I I'm not a I'm not the kind of person who's gonna claim that my club is the only club that has all of the stuff. That I there's. For example, one thing that I was thinking about today, while I was working at Desert Solace, we at times had clients who had who belonged to different churches. And so part of my job was to make sure everybody had um, adequate opportunities to worship how they wanted. And so I sat in a yep. lot of Catholic masses. And I remember sitting next to a one client in particular who also belonged to our church. If we were we were participating, we were standing up and we were like reading along and like and reciting the all of the things in mass, which was great. There's there's a part in the readings where you say we believe in one apostolic Catholic Church, and I was reading along, and the the client next to me like stopped stopped reciting the things during that little bit. So he cut out the words, I think he just cut out the word Catholic. So he was reading along, we believe in one true apostolic church, like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, do I though? Like, like I, yeah, I mean, I believe in God. I say prayers. Yeah. Yeah. But all of these, you know, hundreds of people sitting in this, in this church believe in God. They call him God. Yeah. And they call it, I mean, they call, they believe in Jesus Christ. So they believe all of those things and they say prayers too. Does the God that I believe in ignore the prayers of these people who also are praying to him? Right. Like, yeah. that did not make any sense to me that God would ignore prayers from somebody who belonged to a different club. Like, it was, it was a really eye-opening experience to me like obviously we believe different things or we'd just be the same church but yeah like by and large there's truth everywhere in in all in all different organizations what a what a good statement and so that was that was actually kind of a springboard for me personally in my own spiritual i mean spirituality i love that statement that embodies so much of my like mindset on the world right now because there's also the cynical side of it is there's lies everywhere sure um and but you know you can you can lean on one direction or the other Mm -hmm. and 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 well still come to the same that's a tricky statement that is a that's you can lean on lean one direction or no that there's lies everywhere if you believe there's lies everywhere you are probably a very angry, cynical, untrusting, depressed, nihilistic person. Yeah, but but taking all that away, there are taking all the emotion away. That's what I'm saying. Like you can lean one one direction or the other, and your lifestyle is going to be very different. Mm-hmm. But logically, there are in all areas of life, there are there is truth, and there are non truths that are. That are present. Yeah. Yeah. Taking away all the, as soon as you, as soon, as soon as you start to like 
assume one direction or the other, mm-hmm. then your lifestyle is going to change dramatically. Like you're saying, like if right. you go into things believing that there are lies everywhere and that's the, like, that is what you embody. Mm-hmm. Your lifestyle is going to be a ton different than just somebody that, that believes that there are truths everywhere. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. I'm just talking like logically. Yeah. 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 And I think I was caught up on the word. I was caught up on lie. The word lie. Yeah. Cause that word implies malevolence. Like people are out to get no, me. No. They're lying to me to get me or to trick me or something. No. And that's, and that's an interesting that's a dark place to be. But yeah, noticing yeah, no. that there's stuff that isn't true. <sighs> yes. Naturally not true. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean. Well, because there's definitely. some truths like there are, I think, I think better language is used in Desert Solace and you might be able to tell me what those were, but there are, there are some things that are fundamental truths, but there's like different levels. So there are fundamental truths where just the statement is what it is and you, and it's on a spiritual basis, you know, it's, it's just the truth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then there are things that are. reality. It, it is yeah. it just yeah it just is and that's yeah truth yes but then you you also have truths that are based off of your like your life like something there are things that can just resonate for you and can be like my truths as far as like how i you know there are things even something as far as like rat racquetball you know i like racquetball Racquetball is a soothing experience. That is a true statement for me. We're getting into some territory here. But that's what that's what I'm saying. There's different. That's when when that's I'm why you can take such a difference because you said my truth. I hate that term. This is a conversation without because the emotion is what causes so many issues. When somebody mm. when somebody puts, no, I take I take intellectual beef with that statement. You take you, intellectual. You don't own truth. Nobody owns it. Okay. Well, I I can word it differently. It resonates. That statement resonates with me. It does apply to me. It's a. I mean, it's a perception, and what you. I mean, it's true that you perceive that. Yeah. But to call that truth is undermining the definition of truth. All right. Let me back up like five steps. Okay. I'm gonna go back to the statement. Okay. I I'm sorry. This is. I've actually like I've tried really hard to let go of this, and I just can't. I hate it when people say my truth. That's that's fine. It's so triggering. I don't I I don't like it. I don't like it either. Racquetball is a soothing experience. Whatever whatever you want to call it. Sure. That like I will make that I, I will make that statement. Yeah. That depending on which which way you lean, like one direction or the other on on this on this thing, like it just it doesn't apply to some people. Some people do not enjoy racquetball. Right. That is true. Yeah. And you can be more serious. You can you can get more. There can be more serious things where, like, it does apply to some people and it doesn't apply to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so on those on those areas, like, you can understand without it being a necessarily a bad thing that, like, some people do some stuff and it's totally fine for them. But if you assume that all of that also is true for me, then that like it's not that's that's not going to work out. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the racquetball example is great for that. I mean, I don't really feel soothed when I play racquetball, but I like it. 
Yeah. Because um, I don't think if I, ball soothes me. If I then had the expectation, like I know it works for me, mm-hmm. but if I had then had the expectation that it was a true statement, period, then I would probably be a very frustrating person to be around <laughs> because I would be convinced that this is the answer to everything and I would be trying to get everybody to play and enjoy racquetball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for spiritual stuff or political stuff, <laughs> oh, like it just in general, like you can take a stance mm-hmm. that works for you. Sure. And that's fine. And the, uh, the issue is, is not necessarily that you th- like, even if I think it's correct and I like, I believe in it and I believe in it for whatever reasons. If I then start thinking about it as the truth, period, that starts to cause issues. Yeah. 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 I, does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because obviously that's that's a big thing for me, apparently. Yeah. Like your, your, the individual's perception is, is indistinguishable from reality itself so in a sense yes like this is the whole argument and and i have the argument with my wife all the time not all the time but <laughs> the whole my truth thing like it is true for you like i get that but i hate it when you say my truth because you don't own it <laughs> that's and that's so, fine okay, so I can, we're because uncovering that because this on is the more same of a note. personal thing than a than a universal thing but yeah, and I can agree that the statement "my truth" may become because words have energy, and maybe mm-hmm. that comes with energy that doesn't necessarily isn't getting across what what I what we're actually meaning when we right. say something like that. Right, right. But on the on the other hand, to play to advocate for quote unquote your side of that argument, we have to give credit to the individual's experience. Yes, uh, we have to. Yeah. Because, like I said, that is the individual's experience is indistinguishable from reality. Yeah, making it so true in a in a in a higher sense than truth. Yeah, am I saying that right? The translation I take is like they're putting their perception to a higher to a higher level, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily fill that space. Yeah. Yeah. Can I okay? Can I uh, can I apply this to something know. super serious? Yes, please. Okay, because this we're, this is gonna we're diving head first in. Good. Okay, I let's say I have a negative experience. Let's say I let's say I messed. Let's say I messed around with a girl, and wow. negative experience which came is, from that. Which is immoral? Question: Is that immoral? Shh. I mean, uh, sure, depending on the experience, but that's not what I'm trying to get at. Okay. I, the experience is negative. Maybe there's kids involved when we're still super young, like all this, all that. Like, it's a terrible thing. Poor experience. So my truth... Ha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so my experience is that that is not a healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. My kids grow up. Mm-hmm. I impress my experience upon them to the point that I never let them have like anybody over super aggressive about not letting them. I can see your, like I can see your face. Like you've connected what I'm getting at. And I, I put this umbrella thing over my kids 
based on my experience, whether or not I've actually shared what that experience is with them, I've now made a law in my household based on what I did 20 years ago. And the kids get to, the kids get to experience what, what are your, what's your reaction to that? What do you, what was going through your head? I, I know we only have 23 minutes <laughs> and that is not nearly enough time to unpack everything that just happened in that scenario. <laughs> but this is like, so like, this is the big thing. It's very, it's a very this big is, thing. Yeah. This, this is, is the thing. big thing, isn't it? This is a yeah. huge thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah, this is like the... Oh, jeez. Because I would argue, so going back to like the... What imp- you know, I was asking you like, <laughs> have there been any negative experiences you've had uh, with or, with the organized religion? Mm-hmm. Some These type of things are probably one of my biggest resentments mm-hmm. I have. And in that case, that situation was where somebody took a a negative experience they personally had and put an umbrella on it. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that happens is people will take a concept or a a doctrine or a commandment Mm -hmm. and they will put an umbrella that is bigger than the commandment is Mm -hmm. that, that creates a very similar situation. Yeah. Um, And so like you can't things about not, uh, not drinking or not doing this or not doing that, you know, Mm -hmm. turning into these egregious, life binding and controlling situations right yeah like some members of our church so coffee is like a no-no for our church and so some people not all people definitely not me won't even drink caffeine like any caffeinated beverage is yeah they don't do it yeah i need at least a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day just to live yeah that's a slight over exaggeration, but it's not far from the truth. But yeah, like, uh, I mean, holy crap, dude. So holy crap. The, <laughs> I mean, you just like described the crux of like modern day suffering. Like, yeah, sorry. I, I opened up Pandora's box. Somebody, I knew. Yeah. yeah. Like somebody had an experience. And so they're making that experience true for everybody else. And yes. like this, like you said, this is the law now. And so now there's like generational trauma, generational pain, yeah. right? Uh, and so that gets ingrained into your kids. And so the kids don't even know what the heck is going on. But they have all this like, like foundational distrust of, in that scenario, any intimate relations or... yes. Yeah. Or uh, like this foundational resentment for a certain kind of person. Like maybe they view, maybe your kids view you as some like horrible, monarchical, iron fisted ruler. And so they have problems with authority now. And like, and like that's not healthy. And so they're going to go and take that and, you know, screw up their kids based on that. Yeah. And so oh and it, every gosh. time it just every time it just shifts. Can I so can I can I apply can I throw out a, like a real life scenario? Yes. Real quick. So the thing I'm seeing a lot and I, you know, high school was wrapping up. Uh, me and all my buddies were, you know, and friends were starting to get ready to move, get out of our parents' wing. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and a lot of them are going to school due to the nature of our religion. Mm-hmm. Um Brigham Young University is usually much cheaper than a lot of other schools. So a lot of people are heading off to BYU. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And 
the consistency where I saw kids leaving very protective umbrella households, whatever their parents' experience has been throughout their life, they put these restrictions on. The kid doesn't have any idea why these restrictions are on there. Their experience is 100% removed from the experience their parents had. Their parents have this traumatic event and knows why they shouldn't do this thing. All the kid is completely removed and doesn't have, it doesn't have anything to do with that negative experience. It has everything to do with just the resentment towards the, the parent. And this is the, this just so happens to be the obstacle. So then they go off to school. They are no longer under the parent's wing. And I've, I've heard like, again, like people are imperfect. And so some of the church leaders that are up there at BYU, like the, some of the bishops and everything, like some of them are fantastic. Some of them are very imperfect. And I've heard stories of like bishops just like walking into apartments without, without knocking and like being more like, like egregious, like academic overlords. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of that might just be perception again, but Mm -hmm. taking emotion out of just somebody walking into a home without knocking, that's not appropriate. No. And, and like, so it just continues or, or in general, they don't have anybody over them now. So they go crazy. (laughs) And yeah. people think like, oh, BYU, it's like just, just like this picture perfect school. Like, no. It's extremely when I moved up, Freudian. I, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Freudian. Yeah. I moved up for a couple of weeks. Uh, a few years ago, I, I had a job promise up here. So I came up here for a couple of weeks, very close to the college. I was actually staying with some buddies that were living in college dorms and everything. People like kids are going out of their way to do the worst stuff possible. <laughs> Yeah. Not even to do with like, they don't care. Like they're just, they're just getting back yeah. mentally at somebody else. Yep. And like, this is their way of doing it. It's completely removed from whatever reasons that whoever had to stop them from doing it in the past. It's classic repression. And that is something that actively seeing yeah. so much mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I, yeah. Like I said, you just keep describing the same thing. It's, this is like the crux of all modern suffering. I think Really, like truly. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're running out of time, but there's so much I want to talk about right now. <sighs> okay, let's just boil We can it talk down. about, we can, this can be, this can be like a multiple episode. Part thing. one, religion and spirituality, part one. Yes, maybe, maybe we leave, com- like, maybe we leave spirituality completely into another, to, for another episode. Yeah. Yeah, we really didn't touch on it, did we? No. Because eh, it kind is, of, like, kind of did. Yeah. But we are going to get there, and I want mm-hmm. that. That's going to be a huge part of it. Maybe we'll leave that to another episode. Though. All right. So, so you brought up like the the big thing, right? Yeah. And what I have an answer in my head. I'm not saying that's the only right answer, but it probably is. But what do you think could be an antidote for that? An antidote to the experiences I was talking about. Yeah, like like the parents have experiences. They are they're doing every single thing in their power and beyond to keep their children away from the negative experiences that they've had to the detriment of everyone. How do you fix it? I mean, I think I mentioned it in another episode of one of our podcasts before, but maybe not directly, but I think indirectly and this, you know, this is the crux of all problems. And I think the answer to most all problems is exposure. Mm-hmm. I think, I think just experience, like I was talking about the, um, and this may have been during kind of our, we were, we, we spoke for a long time off, off, uh, Mike <laughs> about 
you know, politics stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of issues, you know, whether they intend to or not, somebody that never leaves these days with the technology we have and the communication abilities we have, for somebody to never leave like the 100 mile radius around their city, but to have the impact that they do around the world, that is hugely problematic. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're, they are having their experiences and they're seeing nothing else. They're, they're seeing no other possibilities. Right. The experience they had is the only thing that could have happened. Mm-hmm. And so I think like, you know, I think a lot of racism, you know, if somebody, if I, if somebody pointed at me and said, I am racist mm-hmm. towards a particular set of people, I think going and just experiencing for a couple months like that culture I feel like is a is a is the most natural way to like dis to like get rid of or falsify whatever things I have in my head if that makes sense so so go spend time with the group of people that you're accused of hating yes yeah yeah Yeah. and yeah and I think in this case like let's say I think you know there are, like I said, exposure. So if we take the example that I gave with like, you know, um, having sex with a girl at a really long, uh, really young age and then having, you know, having kids or whatever, having this negative experience, just the general exposure of like, yes, that happened. But I am, I'm also just aware of times where that happened in it. Like the, the couple worked it out mm-hmm. and like they stayed together and it was it turned out to be a good experience and they have a happy marriage after this long and they have a, they have a connected family and times where maybe they did wait and they got married and had sex at what would be an appropriate time to a lot of people and their family fell apart. Yeah. Like see, just like seeing the different, like just having a more comprehensive and, and experiencing different things and seeing like, there's not only just the one outcome. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like it's impossible. It would like, the hyper, like the hyper focus on and the hyper confidence that like this is the way that it has to be, would go away as soon as I started to see different outcomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so taking a step back from the scenario, you're advocating for what I think you're advocating for. Us for. Let's take. I want to take that example. Work under the. Let's work, just put it to, Work under the assumption that you are in the wrong, and yeah, try to try to see try to see all the ways that you're wrong is that what you're getting at i mean it's not a i don't know how to there's a statement i'm trying to make but i don't know i don't know the one sentence that i can get for it i want to take that example out and i want to put drinking in drinking is just a one word like that that's a little bit more simple drinking depending on the uh, depending on the faith like maybe looked down on and you can look at the person who drank and became an alcoholic and died mm-hmm. so let's like talk about drank. drinking in excess maybe yeah, drinking in excess. Okay. Well, no, 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 drinking in general. Okay. Somebody has a perception that drinking is bad because of a negative experience they've had. Okay. So maybe their experience is they, like, they or a family member drank in excess, mm-hmm. ruined the family, and, and died of alcoholism. Okay. Their perception is drinking alcohol is terrible. I see. Yeah. Okay. The, the reality is, is... There's like there's certainly a tendency there, and there's a reason that Alcoholics Anonymous is a massive organization. <laughs> um, but the possibility, like the, there's a there's a spectrum. There are people that there are people that that do all those things, 
there are also people that don't do those things and still ruin their family and die. And there are people that drink and have a fantastic life mm-hmm. in all regards. Yep. Does that like, does that make sense? I mean, that makes sense. How is that? How is that getting to the antidote? The antidote of, uh, when I think of that, for me, I feel like the shift that I would have is from a complete to totalitarian 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 perception on it and like a complete like 100% lockdown on being able to do this i would still say like while my kids are in my house i would like i i don't want them to drink but if my like adult child uh, if i like found out that my adult child was drinking it would change from like complete like your this is going to be the result to like hey this is the experience I've had, but like, and I, and I mix, you know, I'm experiencing fear because of that. And I just want you to know that. And that would be where I would be willing to end it. I see. I see. So are you, so the solution to the crux of modern suffering would be to, to see that there's other ways than, than your way. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I do. I would say in any of the scenarios that you presented, I think telling the truth would would also work. Yeah. So in the example where you where the young couple uh the young couple has sex very early and that right raises a lot of complications in their life, talking with their kids and saying, "Hey, this is uh this is what happened. We're not, I mean, we don't love that we did this. Yeah. And, uh, these are the hard things that we had to deal with because of that. Yeah. And that's why, that's why we have all these rules around dating and, you know, socializing with people and, and, you know, needing to be in large groups or whatever, or, you know, uh, my, all of my uncles are alcoholic. And so like, like that's why you can't drink, you know. Like, I've seen it destroy bodies. Like their health is terrible, their marriages are all terrible. This is hypothetical. Yeah. You know, like that kind Before of stuff. Before any of your like, uncles hear this, <laughs> I don't think any of them <laughs> listen. I'm not talking about any of you, if you are listening. Uh, all of my uncles actually have really good lives right now. Nice. Comparatively. Uh, that's that's irrelevant. Tell the truth. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that as well. Because yeah. it's like it's like a lot of the resemblance is like when it's completely the kid is having a completely different experience is yeah. because they don't know why it's even being placed upon them in the first place. Yeah, because like you said, they're disconnected from the the original situation. Yeah. Yeah. But explaining to them, or just yeah, just sharing with them, having, letting that connection happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to tell anybody how to parent their kids, but just tell the truth, okay? Um, my last statement on that is uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote a book. Oh, do I have that name right? Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote a book called The Gulag Archipelago. So he was a Soviet prisoner after World War II in the Soviet, well, Soviet Union, in communist yeah. Russia. And I mean, it's a it's a big book about all of the the horrors of 
of real totalitarianism and like what what real the worst human corruption can look like yeah and his closing statements of the whole book are basically that if one person tells the truth an entire all of this tyranny would fall apart if one person had started to tell the truth sooner yeah yeah and to bring that back to the religion conversation we were we were talking about scriptures and how all of that like is only good and hopeful and uplifting that's that's the truth and that's like the scriptures are more than my truth or your truth the perception it's more than literal truth it's like the bible specifically is the like the foundational text of western civilization western culture period everything like the way we measure truth comes from the bible and so everything that we everything that we perceive as true is implicitly measured against what is in the bible implicitly in i mean i'm talking like atheists agnostics satanists like everything that we know to be true we measure that against the words of the Bible culturally. And yeah. so like it's higher it's higher than truth. It's like it's more than just true. It's truer than true. Yeah. And so like that's why it's that's that is why the scriptures are so powerful and so helpful to so many people. Is because they are so true. That's that's what I was trying to get at. All right. That's all the time we have for today. What uh, what should I what what should the title of this uh, part one be? Religion and spirituality, part one, truth. Sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe just truth. Truth. I don't know. <clears throat> Brian, I uh, I put some thought into this thunks question for you. Good. I'm I so tried to excited. make it. I tried to, I tried to make it topical. My challenge for you, and we and and if we like this, maybe this can be how we kind of do it moving forward. I want the one. I want the yes or no from you. And then at the beginning of the next episode, if you feel so strongly about it, you can explain yourself. All right, I'm down. And then that'll give the, you know, if, if anybody in the audience has their opinions that they would like to make, then we can also discuss those um, at the same time. Perfect. So question 488. Mm. Can you always, Brian, can you always be sure you're not doing any harm? No. All right. There we go, folks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Just remember, don't believe anything we say.